My name is Wazir. And my name is John Muhammad. And this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. How you doing today? I'm fine. Fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing good. We are back in the swing of things after all the confusion with the storm and everything. The weather has cleared up here in Houston, Texas. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we. this is the aftermath. Uh, aftermath of uh, Hurricane Harvey. And we're still ready for business. Still ready for business. This is the rebuilding portion of the recovery. That's so right. we actually have a guest in the studio today. You That's know, right. we bring you lots of great guests of business entrepreneurs who are out in the field actually doing what we're here talking about. And who we have in the studio today, his name is William Bibbs. Go ahead and introduce yourself and your business. How you doing? My name is William Bibbs. I am represented uh, the Bespoken Mogul Houston, um, a custom clothier company that's based out of Columbus, Ohio. Okay, right. absolutely. Okay, so what 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 did you want to get into this uh, episode? I think John we want to talk about crisis management and doing business, you know, after the storm. You know, we want to talk about um, taking an assessment of the damage. You know, uh, a lot of businesses was interrupted. You know, all of our, all of us affected by the storm here in Houston. Uh, it just shut down commerce. So after the storm, we need to make an assessment of damages. I mean, it, it is a crisis. You know, it's, uh, business was interrupted, but we're still business persons. We're still uh, managers. Right. So we need to be able to manage this crisis. So the first thing that we need to do is uh, take assessments. And there's a, there should be uh, uh, things in place such as insurance for businesses. You have FEMA for those families that that uh, has damage. And uh, uh, things that uh, insurance did not cover, then uh, FEMA would compensate or may compensate you for some of your damages. Right. So... In terms of business, uh, it's the SBA, Small Business Administration. So there are funds out there. Uh, it may be a low interest rate mm -hmm. that the federal government comes in and uh, assists businesses. So now we make assessments, you know, uh, those things that are damaged and those things that needs to be repaired or replaced because life goes on, business goes on. So, I mean, you can chime in any time, Mr. Witt. Well, I completely understand what you're talking about, the small business uh, disaster loan. Yeah. I just got approved for it myself. All right. Then. So, you know, it is something that will pretty much come in handy because whatever your insurance company doesn't repair, right. then they will help you be able to repair everything you need to get back far as your business. So my business happens to run out of my house. So Okay. My insurance company wouldn't repair a lot of different things, so this loan would actually help me rebuild my roof. Okay. Okay, and then you're still in business. Yes. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't be here. Right, still in business. And see, that's the point. You know, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about from a spiritual point of view is with every dark cloud, there's a silver lining. You know, we look at what, what did the uh, storm do to me? You know, how it's affected me. But what it did do for you, there's opportunities that have been opened up. And one of the, the, the classic examples of that is the owner of Gallery Furniture. Mattress Mac. <laughs> Mattress Mac. Right. <laughs> he, he just went full on responding to the needs of the people during the storm. 
And Mattress Mac has always been good for that. I mean, yeah. it's the forefront in the city of Houston when it comes down to taking care of the people at yeah. any kind of situation that happens. Yeah, and, and I look at that, you know, we talk about how RKM needs. So these are your customers. You're talking about customer service. You know, meeting your customers' needs during the time of a, a, a an event like this. Yeah, he um, he's... Even with the both of his stores, yeah. he went to the point as far as he's saying, well, I'm not worried about the business. Right. I need to make sure I take care of the people of the city. Right. So he has two locations. The location now that's on uh, Highway 99, uh-huh. he opened up his doors to people to have a place to stay. You got to think all those Tempur-Pedic beds he had, yeah. people were sleeping on them, so they got some good rest. Yeah, And then the one that's off of 45, that's all. That's a lot of that's a lot of space. So yeah. he brought a lot of people in for he, to take care of. He responded to the to, to the people's need, but as, as he did that charitable work, he got the publicity. You know, we talk about publicity from your charitable work. The media responded, so he's getting publicity. That's yeah. free advertising. Yes, it is. You know, also those persons that he came to the he he came to their aid during a time of need. When they receive their, of course, they may have lost their furniture, most of these people. If their homes was uh, affected, their furniture was destroyed. That needs to be replaced. You see, who are you going to go to when you start shopping? They're going to remember the person who bought them in for when they needed something, and that would be Mattress Mutt. That's perfect. That's perfect. And then and then people that visit us, their friends, they're going to tell them all, you know, well, who furnishes this? Well, this gallery furniture. You know, these are the same people that uh, uh, gave us a shelter during the storm. Now, we're just using Mattress Mac as an example of how you can take lemons and make lemonade. Right. You know, because I know you're in the clothing apparel right. business. Yes. People lost their wardrobe. You know, you you know, you just don't want to wear that stuff that's been affected. We We talk about the the mold. Yeah, the contaminated waters. Right. You know, it may have, uh, I mean, these people in with the, where the reservoirs were, some of these people are still underwater. Right. The reservoirs, two major reservoirs in Houston, flooded neighborhoods, and they're still underwater as we speak, a week or two after the event. Right. And uh, they have a problem with sewer backup and, of course, mold, toxic waste. Uh, the waste, the water becomes toxic as bacteria grow and that type of thing. So you can't wear those clothes. Exactly. Uh, we need to to go out and shop now. We're gonna get 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 back in the business. You know, going back in the workforce, going back to school, going back to life. You see, we was blessed with our lives. We just lost a little property. You know, and and uh, condolences to those people that did lose their lives. Uh, but the majority of us, we only lost property. Right. Okay, let's get back to work. Let's get back to business. Now, we have choices on where we're going to spend our dollars, you know. And we advocate, let's spend those dollars in our community. Let's empower the uh, entrepreneurs in the black community. Because, again, this show is dedicated to working in our community because we, we believe we have the greatest need. Exactly. You know, we, we we have the greatest need for economic development. 
You know, we we are very politically savvy. All you need to do is go vote. <laughs> but we voted. Right. You know? Right. And and uh so what happens if our candidate don't get the office? Are we gonna sit around for four years or eight years and do nothing? Are we gonna complain about gentrification? Others coming in our community doing business, foreigners, others, others coming in our community buying up property and building. And of course, the question is always asked, what's our responsibility? What is our reaction? Aside from the political process and from the economic point of view, what is our responsibility? And I wonder, since a lot of those houses, because I heard there were some neighborhoods where the houses still have water, like now, or like a few days ago, they were still soaking in that water. So they're going to have to bulldoze basically those houses and rebuild them. So I wonder, how is that going to affect the housing market? Will that make it go Will that make houses more expensive or less expensive? Because I can see in these lower-income neighborhoods where a lot of us live, those houses are probably, the price may range. You know, it might go down. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's going to affect the real estate market. Of course, in uh, capitalism, supply-side economics right. says uh, supply and demand. You're actually going to see a, a housing market boom. Because mm. yeah. what's going to happen is when they tear down all those houses, now you have different companies, Keller Williams and all these other companies going to come in and try to buy that land because they're going to want to rebuild houses in those particular neighborhoods. Mm. And then you'll see a, a, a influx of building blocks, you know, houses that will be right. built. But the problem is, it's going to be is now when everybody buys a new house, they're not going to be able to buy. They're not going to be able to afford flood insurance. Right. That's what's going to be a big major issue. And they probably will make that mandatory for the whole city of Houston because there's no place that's safe not from being flooded now. So that's going to be a major issue when it comes to buying a house. Everybody's going to have to have flood insurance now. And in terms of the value or the equity in your home, you might have you may lose some value because your house now is in a floodplain. And so you may lose some point there, but everyone has to rebuild. You know, whether you, uh, we talked about it in previous podcasts, housing is a basic human need. So whether you're buying or you're renting, you need housing. So there's going to be a boom in uh, renovation and repair as well as new construction. Yes. So the construction industry is going to get a shot in the arm. See? Oh yeah, and we talk. You know, you talk about these uh, these uh, storm chasers. You know, these disaster related corporations that come in after a disaster, and they benefit. Uh, there's a, a number of, of companies or industries that there's going to be a, a created uh, opportunities. That's you know, what say construction chasers. construction construction supply contractors, the trucking industry, transportation. We talk about hotel, um, even the restaurant business. Now we're going to eat out more because in that hotel room is not a kitchen. Yes, that's so true. So now you find yourself going out to eat more. So car rental places. Oh, they suffer really, really, really bad. And they lost some inventory. Yeah, they lost. Uh, I mean, they showed it on the news where they were. Um, they showed it from overhead where yeah. Hertz rental cars yeah. had thousands of cars that were sitting out there that were destroyed. You got to think that's a brand new fleet. So yeah. you also have to have a, 
a whole bunch of new cars. So it's going to be a lot of, how would I say, people that were going to gain some uh, notoriety because this is a time for you to help rebuild. But the thing is, when you try to help rebuild, don't try to overcharge. Yeah, there have been some... uh Price gouging. Yes, yeah. that we've seen, especially with, see the, with these uh, retailers where where water were concerned, because it was a it was a run on water. Everybody, you even see that in Florida now with uh, Hurricane Irma. You know, there was shortage of fuel, shortage of water. You know, we we're talking again about human needs, and uh, that that create business opportunities. You right. know, meeting the, that that need, that demand, creates a demand. So then. Prices, they raise the prices in order to make a profit off a uh, disaster. And that's that's immoral, in my opinion. And we should remember those retailers and then, you know, maybe bark out them. Right. You know, that's, again, we got to be conscious of where we where we spend our dollars. There's, there's power in our consumption. You know, we uh, again, we, we complain about gentrification. But collectively... In the black community, we generate over a trillion dollars annually, nationwide, a trillion dollars. But of course, the question is asked, where do we spend that trillion dollars? If we redirected that, those dollars back into our businesses, it'll do a number of things. It'll create jobs, you know? And if we create jobs now, that's gonna reduce crime and violence. That's true. Because crime and violence is directly related to unemployment. Yeah, that's true. Here we go. We're not looking at the political candidate, uh, uh, the politicians to solve our problems. We're looking at ways in which we can address our own needs. And that is directing our dollars. Mm. But uh, you want to go in? We don't want to spend too much time. We want to go. Uh, Absolutely. At this point. We got top. Uh, yeah, at this point, we want to highlight some companies that are empowering us with their support. This is our section where we highlight our sponsors who keep the podcast going. Uh, our first sponsor would be Nation's Products. They are literacy advocates. They sell all types of books and uh, literature online. You can like them on Facebook at Nation's Products. Actually, we're live on Facebook right now, so y'all can go do that right now and come right back. But go ahead and like their page. They have a word search book by the name of Famous Blacks in America. You could solve that book, and they learn as they solve the book, right? Is, is that the way it works? As they solve the puzzle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a word search puzzle, and each puzzle, there's a figure, um, historical figure, famous figure in our, our culture, and uh, there are facts as they their words relate to the facts about that that uh, figure. Mm-hmm. Then they learn their history. They learn their culture. That builds their self-esteem. Our children. Yeah, that's you know. that sounds like that's an outstanding thing right there because that there's a lot of things that's hidden that they don't want to be yeah. known. That's but true. you put it in a book and have the children research it, then they will learn a whole lot of things. And, and that's true. You know, uh, the basis for this show is self-help. And we look at some of the pioneers like Marcus Garvey, the Back to Africa campaign. You know, Africa for Africans at home and abroad. We didn't learn about that in school, in public school. Then you got the most unobliging Muhammad. Self-help again. You know, uh, Booker T. Washington, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We don't learn a lot about them. You know, 
we learn a lot about, you know, Malcolm X uh, and others that you won't learn in school about. They, they won't teach you about it. You know, it, it, it doesn't fit with this uh, whole integrationist concept. Or the curriculum that they want to teach. That's true. When when they describe now the Texas uh, school board or school uh, uh, board of the state of Texas, they want to describe uh, blacks as farmers. You know, they came here to help farm. Right. <laughs> this, this is they, they minimize slavery. You know, if we let others uh, set our curriculum, they're going to minimize uh, uh, the horrors of slavery. And they may even vilify us or make mockery of us in in uh, in their description. You know, we looked at some of those cartoons you've seen that Jay-Z did and uh, his... Uh, story his, of O.J. Story of O.J., yeah. And he have all these characters, caricatures of blacks, you know, with the swollen lips or uh, uh, eating watermelon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that affects our, our self-esteem. So they have that book. They have the the. They also have the um, cookbook. So just go online and check them out. You can see all the different products they have. Uh, our other sponsor. Let's talk about the uh, economic blueprint. I'm holding this can right here, and we talked about uh, independence. Of we want independence. We want land. We want farmland. There's no economic uh, economics. The basis of economics is land, land ownership. Right. We talked about owning your property, owning your home. Uh-huh. Um, that's real freedom. So go to economicblueprint.org. Again, it's economicblueprint.org. There's a fund to raise money to purchase over 200 million acres of farmland. Oh, really? It was established by Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And I think every black business throughout the nation will benefit from that. Because all of the natural resources come from the land. And we talked about food, you know, crops, agriculture. Again, livestock, land. But if you talk about home building materials, where does boards come from? Wood. Trees. Right. Booker T. Washington, you know, Tuskegee Institute was established. But it was established by them uh, making brick. Brick come from clay. Clay come from the earth, and then if you look at all, all of course, all you drill and mine for all, and all your other mineral resources, even gold and diamonds come from the earth. Right, right. The water we drink, water wells, you know. So all of the natural resources come from the earth, and you need that for manufacturing. Even if we talk about clothing. We know where cotton come from. Yes, we do. We <laughs> definitely know where that come from. You know, silk, silk come from the silkworm. You know, wool, you know, uh, come from sheep. So everything come from the land. Yes, it does. So we need to get some land. That's economicblueprint.org. And also independent media. Uh, we living in a time where fake news, you know, Donald Trump talks about fake news alternative facts uh, oftentimes we again are vilified in the media you know we're the, the victim is blamed for being victimized he's shot in the back by police then they want to go through his rap sheet you know what was his criminal record was he smoking marijuana and Wait he might not have done anything wrong no he done anything his hands up hands up don't shoot but you sh- normally you should go through the perpetrators criminal background 
not the victim. But if we don't have our own independent media, then uh, sometimes we'll be uh, the victim. We'll be victimized by the media. Or we'll be tried in the media, you know, and found guilty by public opinion. So, again, let's support the Final Call newspaper. That's finalcall.com. And then we need to tell our own story. So, speaking of stories, I would like to go deeper into your story, Brother William. <laughs> I guess here, William Be- Be- Bibbs. Yeah. William cool. Bibbs, going to get it right. So, please tell us, again, your your business. And I want to know, where did it start? Like, where did you get the inspiration to, to do this? Well, my story starts with my upbringing of my mother. My mother always taught me that the first impression is the lasting one. But in my eyes, the first impression is the only one. Right. Because if you look at me, you're always going to remember what I look like, what I sound like, what I smell like, everything. If I look like a hoodlum, you're going to always remember me as looking like a hoodlum. That's right. And... I always love to, I have a problem. My problem is shopping. And I love to dress and wear clothes. Mm. So one thing that I always wanted to do was make somebody feel empowered. Because when you put something on them that they want to wear, they want that compliment. And that's what I've always wanted to do. So it started about a year ago when I met this owner of a company. His name is Fred Garnett. He's based out of Columbus, Ohio. And I bought some shoes from him. And then I seen that, because when you go to the shoe store, everybody doesn't have a mass variety of shoes that they can choose from. It's just brown, black, blue. But you don't have no variety into it. I wanted to bring something different to the market that I could make everybody want to have something that was different because everybody wants something that's different. So my main thing was to bring something that's going to be different, that's not over-the-top expensive, okay. that will last you a long time, and that you feel empowered with. So that's what we do at the Bespoken Mogul. I had to put the Bespoken Mogul Houston on it because I'm the representative for Houston. Okay. So... That's where my story started. Wow. So well, you told me earlier that you customize, actually, right? Yes. Okay, so what are the things you customize? You mentioned shoes. Do you do, like, suits? and what You said... Uh, it's custom shoes, custom suits, custom blazers, custom okay. shirts, custom slacks. Everything is customized. There's wow. nothing that you can buy from us off the rack. And people like that. that that's a level of I- exclusivity. And you can have, you can express your personality, I think, a little bit more if you're getting those custom pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, when you buy something that nobody else has, then you know that you got something that you can talk about. And the thing is, when you go out someplace, and I'm going to give y'all some things when you go out okay. next time you go and look for a suit or go look for some shoes or something, that you'll be like, I didn't know that at all. So, um, Custom shoes is a market of its own. Custom suit is custom is a market of its own. I mean, it's just so many things that you can do and so many things that you can buy. But you got to make sure that you're not getting ripped off when you buy. That's the main thing. 
Wow. How, well, I'm interested to know, how did you educate yourself on the right way to do these things? Because, I mean, I, I'm into shoes and stuff. If How do you know how to do it? Like, where did you get that? Well, you find the fashion trends and that type of thing? Well, I'm talking about technically, like, with the sewing and the stitching, like, regular people don't just know how to do that. <laughs> you just have to research it. Okay. I mean, yeah. You go out and you research and find out what it is, and you talk to people who've been in the industry a while, and you find out exactly what it is that's particular, what kind of soles, what kind of stitching, you know, what kind of patina that's on the shoe, oh, what kind of leather. You mm. find out all that when it comes time to put a shoe together. You just have to do your research. And then once you put it together, it just flows like a, like natural. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about the trends right now. You know how the trends change over time. And um, I'm I'm sure that you you keep up with the fashions and the trends and right and uh, for instance now I know that the, the the suits is a is a slim fit right you know the, the it's a, it's a that's the younger slim. generation that want that slim fit though oh okay it's, okay you know you have different generations that want a different that want different looks the younger generation wants to slim foot men as ourselves right. We like the tailored look, but we still want to look like a grown man. That's true. So, so we're not sagging. No, we're not <laughs> sagging, but we're gonna look professional like you do today. I mean, yeah. it's everybody wants that different look. So, my main thing is to make sure that you get the look that you want and the style that you want, so you can feel, you know, empowered. And I, I was thinking about a lot of um, um, black men that are in leadership roles. Um, a lot of uh, leaders and teachers and and maybe uh, artists, you know, that want a, a personal tailor uh, so they can be presentable. Um, if they, if you know, out uh, out front, so to speak. Right. Right. <laughs> if you, and if you want that look, that uh, that look that that's distinguished. You got to go. If you want that look that's going to be distinguished, you got to go to somebody who's going to. Pay attention because everybody's body is different. You just can't go and say, well, I want that look. And then your suit is what they call off the rack or, right. you know, because off the rack is just a size. Yeah. You know, 40, 42, 44. It's going to make you look good, but is it tailored to your body? Yeah. The main thing is that you want when you want that look, you want somebody to know that they gave them details on fitting you right way it's supposed to be and that's what I'm here for oh man I, I've never actually had a tailored suit before or anything like that once you get one yeah, yeah. I hear you it's won't, like you won't, you won't go back to <laughs> another retail store to get another because you'll you'll always want that look so who are, who are your main clients that uh that come to you like like, Whoever, like their professions like it can be attorneys it can be lawyers it can be pastors it can be an everyday person. I mean, yeah. whoever feels it. I don't discriminate against anybody. Whoever wants to feel empowered. My motto is, I want to make you go from elegant to extravagant. Yeah. So when you when you walk out somewhere, somebody going to say, who, who put that suit on you? Where <laughs> you get that from? That's true. So when they say, well, I went to this guy, you know, the bespoken mobile Houston. I, I, who was he? But... The look will speak for itself. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't boast on anything. I don't try to bother anybody. It's just, I just want to make sure you 
dress well. That's, it's in my background, and that's what I've been doing. You could go back and look at my history from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I idolized how Morris Day used to dress, yeah. and, and, all, and, every, and I always wore suits and shoes, and I never... So really, you, came, you came up during the 70s? Yes. 80s? <laughs> yes, I came up where I always wore dress clothes all the time, no matter what. Until I joined the army, and then that's when I had to wear the uniform. But I always wore my wore my dress clothes. Wow! Are you are you native from Houston? Or? No, I am actually from Ohio. Ohio, okay, mm-hmm. okay. But I, you know how they say everything is bigger and better in Texas. When I got here in '98, <laughs> I was like, I can't leave. Yeah. So I've been here ever since. What made you come down to Texas? U.S. Army. I oh, was an okay. army recruiter for ten years here in the USA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you feel like they were cramping your style while you were in there? Like, man, I want to wear these. <laughs> yeah, they were. They yeah. were. I wore my uniforms all the time. And then, um, let me see. Let me see. When you, you wear a uniform every day, you kind of slip away from the things that you normally do. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got out of the Army, my wife would always ask me, where are you going with all these dress clothes all the time? And I told her, I said, well, I did 20 years in the Army, four years as an ROTC instructor. Now I'm putting that chapter behind me. Right. It's time for me to do my grown man thing. That's right. <laughs> so I'm going to dress. So every time you see me, I'm going to be dressed. Okay. Mm. All the time. I came here to the podcast. I couldn't come <laughs> yeah. looking any old way. That's true. Because my first impression is the only one you're ever going to have of me. That's true. Mm. Uh, do, uh, have you ever heard of Dapper Dan? I've never heard of Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan was this... Uh, I recently watched an interview with him and an artist, a prominent artist, ASAP Ferg. He interviewed him, but uh, Dapper Dan used to customize Gucci and stuff like that and then give it back to, like, different artists and athletes and stuff in New York, in Harlem. And uh, I was wondering, have you ever used maybe another brand as, like, a, as like a template you know what I mean? Or not a template, but, like, got inspiration from any other brands, or do you see them as, like, oh, they, you know? I've uh, never been a name-brand person. You know, okay. some people just love to have Gucci, Louis Vuitton, you know, YSL, and Balenciagos, and it's never been me. Okay. I could wear something that's might cost $30 compared to $500. But you're wearing it better than something that <laughs> costs way more, yeah. There you go. There you go. And besides, I want I want something that I can, that's going to be quality. Yes, you have all those name bland stuff, but are you really getting the quality that you want? It's mass production, so something is going to lack somewhere if it's in mass production. Yeah, it might be a limited offer, limited time thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the quality that you want it. Mm-hmm. So that's my main thing is it's not about quantity. It's about quality. When oh. you get something that's quality, you know. You mm. definitely will know. Wow. So you're not, you're not looking at uh, that market where you would take something that you design and, and put it in, in a chain of stores? No, I don't want to do that. Even if it was Nemo's Marcus, uh, upscale chain. No. no. 
Because when you do that, then you, you lose the focus. Okay. The focus is the quality. Okay. Not the quantity. Yes, you can make a whole lot of money, but then do you have that personal touch where you actually went and spoke to that person themselves? Okay. No, you don't. You just doing something repetitive. Okay, putting this out. And virtually when you put something in the store, then it's not custom made. It's off the rack then. It's off the rack, okay. So it's not, you're just putting out sizes. It's not nothing that when I come to your house and you say you want a custom suit, well, I'm going to give you that customer service that you deserve. Mm -hmm. I'm going to measure you across your back, measure your arms, measure your chest, measure your inseam, your outseam, you know, you tell me how you want your suit to be, whether it be, you know, you want a lot wide lapel, if you want a certain amount of buttons on your sleeve. When you put it in the store, it's just a suit in the store, then. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like we lose we losing that over time. Everybody want to mass produce. There's these there are these assembly line type things where things are being put together, especially like shoes and stuff like that. You don't see custom shoes really. Like I, I don't think I've ever known anybody who did that like well you won't see it you have to go actually meet with a custom clothier in order to get some custom shoes custom mm. shoes don't just you can't make a pair of custom shoes in two weeks it's not gonna happen it takes time a pair of custom shoes take anywhere between uh, a month to two months to make because it's handmade wow from top to bottom mm. I mean if you put a pair of shoes together in two weeks what you're gonna get is a two-week shoot that ain't going to last you no longer than five months. It's going to tear up. Oh, wow. So if I put you in a pair of shoes, because your, your father met me, and he seen all the products that I had when I was laid out, and you could feel and touch all the shoes. Everything was custom-made. There was nothing that was cheap about it. I mean, you get what you pay for nowadays. Yeah. So if wow. you pay for something that's going to be a rush order, you're going to have... A rush shoe that's not gonna that's not gonna last worth a while at all. So I wanna make sure you have something that's gonna last, you know, at least five, six, seven years and you can wear it. You can resold it. You can strip it down to the color that you want. As many times as you want. Right. So you were telling me uh about something you said leather, about the quality in shoes and leather. So if you could touch on that a little bit, when you buy a shoe are, is the entire shoe? A lot of people like leather shoes. I, I want to hear that the piece you oh, talking about. We were talking about in the lobby. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting it, to me. Usually, that says genuine leather. Yeah, is it? What's going on with that? Okay, for all you that's out there, I'm gonna tell you this: when you go to the store, this is a challenge for you. When you go to the store, go look at what it says on the inside of the shoe. The inside of the shoe is going to say upper leather sole or leather composite. What that means is it's only one part of that shoe that's leather. Mm. That part might be just the part on the inside of the shoe that's touching your foot. Mm. The rest of the shoe is not leather. So that's how they can do it in mass quantities, $60, $70, because you're not getting a shoe that's all leather. It's a composite. Shoes that's real leather, you can take them Take them to the store or take them to a, a professional shoe shine, he can strip them all the way down. So if your shoe was blue and it's real leather, he can strip it all the way down, change it to black, 
change it to brown, change it to two-tone, however you want it, re-sign it back up, and give it back to you. That's when you have a real leather shoe. A shoe that's with a real sole. You can take the sole off of it, and you can re-sole it two or three times. Yeah. A lot of shoes that you buy that's off the rack, it may look like it's a real sole, but next time, take your finger and rub it over the bottom of it. It's going to feel like rubber. Yeah. It's not a real leather sole. So then you can't even resole that shoe. You have to take it to the shoe shine, and he's going to glue it back together. <laughs> that's not that's, a real that's shoe. It's just glued instead of stitch. Yeah, that's why they call that uh, shoe glue. Mm. He's going to glue it back together. Even though you might see them stitches that's all the way around it. Right. That's not going all the way through the shoe. That's a glued together sole. That's mm. going to last you no longer than a year. Mm. So do do you do any business online or anything? Do people, you know, email you or do you have a website where people go and give you different like ideas on what they want? And you send it to them or do they have to be in Houston, Texas? No, they can go on my Facebook page, uh, the Bespoken Mobile Houston, or you can go on my Instagram page, the Bespoken Mobile Houston. And we have so many different shoes that's on there. Just because it's a shoe that's on there that you see doesn't mean you have to limit it to that color. So whatever you shoe that you have on it, that you see on there, if you want it to be in a different color, it's your shoe. We're going to make that color whatever it is that you want. So that's how we want to treat you. You should be able to get a shoe however it is that you like it, Yeah. not something that's in mass production. And I, and I want to echo how we met again. Over at the Shrine of the Black Madonna, every, I think it's every first weekend yes. mm-hmm. of the of the month, they do a, a market, a black market, where entrepreneurs meet and the community comes out and support uh, the vendors, the uh, black uh, entrepreneurs. Right. I mean, they had a, a, a big uh, food truck event a couple months ago. And I was really impressed with all the I didn't know that there was that many black food trucks in Houston. And you best believe, when yeah. I say they putting it down as far as food, ooh, you leave out that fat fool. <laughs> really. Wow. Yeah. But again, and, and again, I was impressed to meet you there uh, with the, uh, you know, custom uh, tailor, you know. And uh, we, we need to be aware of these type of jewels among us. Uh, and these opportunities. And then I definitely wanted to encourage, you know, I'm a member of the Nation of Islam and the mighty FOI, Fruit of Islam. And it's a part of our training to always wear a suit. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. talk about the military. That's our military training because the new world that's coming in uh, is a, is going to be uh, ran by new businessmen and women. That's us. So we need to look like we're about business. You need to look professional at professional. all times, right? We always encourage that professional look. So, brothers, let's support our brother uh, William Bibbs here and the um, the best spoken mogul of Houston. That's right. You know, and all of our brothers, all of, all our uh, Christian brothers. I mean, pastors, teachers, leaders. You know, artists, activists. All of us, we we need a tailor. We we need to support our own. And it's just not necessarily just me here in Houston. There's bespoken mogul reps 
all across the United States. Okay. We have, you know, the main headquarters is in Columbus, Ohio. All right. You have uh, Fred Garnett. You have Heather Miner. In um, Detroit, Michigan, you have Gene Morgan, the bespoken VIP barber lounge. So when you leave out of his shop, you can get measured for a suit and you can get a haircut because he's a professional barber. Okay. You have Darian Montgomery, who's in Chicago. You have Leon Lawson, who was in New Jersey. You have Nicole Washington. She's in New York City. You have uh, Mr. Bird. He's in South Carolina. Okay. You have uh, Kevin. He's in Atlanta, Georgia. So you have different reps that's all around. Okay. That we're willing to help you get that look that you need. That's not super expensive because you're going to go to some places and they're going to charge you an arm and a leg for a, a blazer or a jacket or a pair of pants. Well, you don't need to be charged that amount. That's true. And then the best way to find y'all is on Facebook. Is that a parent website? Or, or you can go to the main website, okay. the Bespoken Mogul. Okay. That's actually the headquarters in, in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Okay. But most likely, wherever it is that you're calling from, Fred is going, if you get in contact with Fred, he's going to refer the, you to that to rep your that's local in that rep. area. Right? To your local rep. Yeah, that's organization. You Can know. we spell that uh, for them? Their website is it on there? Yes, the Bespoken B E S K O N Mogul M O G U L, and they just put Houston behind it. All right, the Bespoken Mogul. Okay, like me, I believe in, I believe in customer service because yeah. if you're not getting treated right, then you're not, you're not getting the best customer service that you're supposed to get. Anything that's within four hours of me, I'm going to drive to you. Okay. So if a person says, I live in Dallas, but I want a custom suit, then I'm going to drive to you just to make sure you feel special because okay. that's just part of my, the way I, I do. Okay. So uh, I want to, this is the Business Building Blocks podcast, and uh, you're obviously doing what we like to talk about. Like, it's you're, you're functioning as your functioning business. You know, you seem very success, successful, well-spoken, seem like you have it figured out. So this is the Business Building Blocks podcast, and we like to give our listeners practical things that they can do. We call it blocks. So can you give them one block that can make them successful in what they are trying to do? The main thing that I would tell you, the most important thing to do is be, is listen to your customer. Be respectful of your customer and provide them a service that they would always want to give you another where somebody else would want to come to them or come to you. So the main thing is the customer service. That's the first foremost thing, customer service. All right. Have to have somebody that's going to be able to adapt to the person and give them the best customer service. Absolutely. This is the Business Building Blocks podcast. And I would like to say, and you can always check us on social media also, uh, Business Building Block on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and, of course, SoundCloud. Uh, like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube and SoundCloud. And also, if you want to be a sponsor to the Business Building Blocks podcast, you can contact us at 832-258-3061. Again, it's 832-258-3061. And also support us by supporting YZ Music. Wazir is a, a upcoming 
artist and producer. You can find him on all the uh, on the iTunes media streaming platforms. Streaming platforms. Yeah. Title, Apple Music, everything like that. Y'all go support the album, Photon Fever. We got more music. I got a single dropping in a couple months, so y'all stay tuned. Uh, we want to thank William Bibbs. Oh, he's holding the CD, absolutely. He gonna leave with that, like, as most oh, guests do. Oh, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> This is going in the truck as soon as I get out of here. For sure, thank you so much. Well, y'all go support him. Look right, man. You gotta look right out here. You you know, your first impression is the only impression. The Bespoken Mogul, thank you for coming on. Thank it was you. a great show. We enjoyed the conversation, learned so much. So, this is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. You have the blocks, I get to build it. Thank you for listening.